Hey, this is Kathy Davis. If you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue, and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I am speaking with a dear friend of mine, Kathy Davis. Kathy is the founder and CEO of Davis Creative Publishing Partners and a multiple number one international best-selling author. Kathy founded Davis Creative LLC in January 2004. Most of her professional career was spent as a creative director at Bank of America. Kathy's husband, Jack Davis, joined her in August 2008 after almost 20 years as the art director at a global public relations firm. What started as a full-service branding services agency soon pivoted towards the publishing industry, helping one of its clients publish a book in 2005. Over 1,000 authors later, Davis Creative Publishing Partners helps transformational leaders, healers, coaches, and consultants publish books that share their wisdom, inspire more people, and transform the world. Kathy lives in a suburb of St. Louis with her husband, Jack, and their rescue poodle mutt, Chewy. I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I am so excited for you to hear this conversation between Kathy and I. This woman has doubled and tripled her business on and on again. This is an amazing conversation. She is an amazing woman and really quick. If you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck in needing a pivot in your business, in your success, or you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your income, and your success to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Kathy, welcome to the show. Hi, Stacy. Thanks for inviting me. I am so excited. You know, I have 
I, I've gotten to know you over the past few years and have been very blessed in this journey. And I, I know and see the impact that you help people create. And we're going to get into that. And But before we do, that's a big transition to go from corporate America to entrepreneurism, to becoming a business owner. How easy was it? Let's start there. Oh, I don't think I even used the word easy for, for, <laughs> for several years. Yeah. So that was 2003 when I left corporate and said, I'm not going back. So we're actually heading into our 20th year next year. Congratulations. Um, I was the reluctant entrepreneur. I had mm -hmm. no clue what I was doing. I, I knew how to manage teams at Bank of America and, and get stuff out the door when we needed it. But working for yourself and all at once sitting in a home office, that was not the easy part. I mean, that yeah. was definitely the lesson. And But over the years, you start pulling in people around you that know more than I did. And eventually, I ended my way into where you know the confidence grew. And as the confidence grows, I learned more about what I was doing. And I mean, it's a learning experience every day for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. You know, I learned a long time ago, if we're not learning, we're not moving. And if we're not moving, then reality is we're dying. You know, the universal law is what we feed grows and what we starve dies, right? Well, exactly. And if, if I'm starting to feel like there's no movement in my business, I'm the one that has to create that movement. It, that's just my signal to say, I got to stand up and figure out a new way to stir the pot and get noticed, whatever it might be at that moment. You know, I, I hear that a lot from business owners that, oh, well, we did OK. We stayed the same or or, you know, things were OK. We, we really didn't move. Well, reality is if we stay the same, we're actually going backwards because can we agree that the cost of living increases every year, taxes yeah. increase mm -hmm. every year? There is always movement around us. So if if our year to year is parallel, then reality is we've actually gone backwards because gas and taxes and price increases and interest rates and just all of that, right? So what made you, no pun intended, pivot from, mm -hmm. from being a branding and marketing agency to a publishing agency? Because that's a pretty big shift. So my husband joined me in 2008, and that was about the time one of our clients was working with a publicist out in L.A. who was the CEO of Merit Publishing, which is much like Wiley and Sons mm -hmm. Publishing. They do a lot of nonfiction. And she liked what we were doing in terms of the color and the cover design for our client. Kind of took me under her wing. And that was also about the time that the independent and DIY publishing arena was exploding in, in the 2008, 2010. And I learned about the publishing industry and how it works and how we could step into it more fully from her. And through that introduction and through that experience, what was in 2008, maybe 1% of our business that was coming through, we're now at 99.9% .9 of everything mm -hmm. we do is, is publishing related. Nice, nice. So let's let's get into publishing, and then we want, and then I want to 
really talk about your journey to success because Mm -hmm. you really are pumping out phenomenal numbers, right? So I'll ask the question because there's a lot of listeners out here that think that, oh, I don't need to write a book, right? I mean, people who who listen to this show, they're business owners, they're independent sales professionals, direct sales or MLM or or small business owners. And they think that books are for other people, you know, content creators. However, in my humble opinion, a a, a book is an amazing business card. It's an amazing brochure, right? Exactly. So why, what would you tell people who don't think they should write a book, why they need to write a book? Well, a lot of the conversations I'm having recently that our word has cropped up, recession. Mm. And I'm, I've spent a lot of time helping people try and reframe that in that we're not in a recession as much as we're in a recess. And this is a perfect time that if you want to stand out, at a low price point, now is the time to be thinking about how to do that and writing a book. And it honestly, it doesn't have to be a hundred pages to, to work. It's a marketing tool, just like you said, it's, it's a business card. We have, we work with a lot of speakers and keynote speakers, especially who have said, people will throw away their business card, but people will keep your book because a book has more value. And they have gotten gigs years later, just because someone may have thrown out their business card, but they turn around and they look at their bookshelf because they remember the experience of having met you or seen you on stage. And that book, your book is still on their shelf and it pops out and they go, oh yeah, that's how I get hold of this guy or this gal, whoever it is. There's a lot to offer when it comes to a book and it doesn't take all that much effort. I know people are intimidated, especially people who never wrote that much in in college or high school. We have one author who took 20 of his blogs and we condensed them down and he ended up with 20 chapters. That was, you know, it's not about starting with writing one chapter to start your book. It's about starting with a social media post and then moving maybe into writing a blog or a newsletter and start building with that and not be as intimidated about writing. Oh my God, I got to write a book. Let it be just start with a little bits because somebody like us can always help you put all those little bits together. You, you have content that you've probably already created somewhere. Nice. Nice. So let's talk about the confusion of, of publishing. You know, there's, in, in my opinion, there's three main ways to publish and, mm-hmm. and you can correct me because I'm definitely not the expert in it. We have the on-demand publishing, like the Amazons and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? Then, then you have the, the, the pay for publishing where you hire someone, they, they do the whole process, and then you buy the books, right? Mm-hmm. And then you've got the, the publishing contracts out there with the big houses where mm-hmm. you pretty much relinquish your rights to the material, they own it, and then you get paid a royalty. A lot of people think you get these huge checks up front. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not Patricia Cornwell or John Grisham or or Stephen King or, or John Maxwell or any right. of them, there's a high probability you're not going to get a million dollar check to write a book or a hundred thousand dollar check to write exactly. a book. Exactly. 
you know, usually you just get uh, a very upfront stipend and that's so that they can own the rights to the material. And then, um, and then a royalty on the back end if it sells X amount or whatever. Those contracts are kind of a little hairy and sticky sometimes. Mm-hmm. And each each process has has its pros and cons, right? Exactly. So, can you like just go right through the the thick of the woods and break it down for people? Um, what's good and bad about each process, and then of course your professional opinion of what somebody should do. Well, and thank you for those three, because those are the same three segments that I talk about when I when I'm out giving a talk about publishing. So the we typically start with the traditional because everybody wants it to be easy. Everybody wants someone to say, I want to publish your book. They want to hear those words, Mm -hmm. because what especially if you're an author or a writer, someone who has written a lot, you want to hear those words. Unfortunately, it's very much a buyer be aware market, even with the traditional publishers. I have seen some crazy contracts. In a traditional world, you will need to find an agent that works in your genre, and then they will go out and try and sell your idea, your concept, your book, your two or three chapters that you've given them as a sample of your idea to a major publisher. Now, remember, everybody wants a piece of your pie. So you have this pie now that not only are you wanting money, but your agent wants money. And so does the publisher. And then you'll have the printer and then you'll have the distributor and then you have the retailer. So everybody's getting a piece of your pie. So if you have a typical six by nine book around 200 to 300 pages, you're gonna get about 50 to 75 cents per book. Then if you go to the opposite extreme of that, and if you decide to do DIY, which is the complete do it yourself, you can take your Microsoft Word manuscript, you can upload it to Amazon. This is the print on demand world where someone, if if I were to go out and and buy a book off of Amazon and it was independently DIY published, I would pay whatever retail, let's say $12.99 for this novel. And the imaginary little mice then take that order and they run it to the back of the warehouse. They print that book and they spit it out the end of the machine and stick it in an envelope and mail it to whoever bought that book. Hopefully that book is well-written and a lot of DIY authors will ask their neighbor who may be the English professor at a local community college or that neighbor's son who's a journalism major in college to edit their book. You can tell the difference between a professionally edited book and one that's been edited by someone that's just used to classroom work. There's a big difference. Now, in the middle of all that is what I call the buyer be aware arena. Right around 2008, when this industry was taking off on the DIY side, a lot of major publishing companies laid off a lot of their employees. They, their marketing departments were dissolved simply because they no longer had the, the income of all the, what is now the DIY industry. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those people that got laid off spun off and created their own independent publishing companies and or started doing private um, consulting on publishing. And that's what allowed the, what I call the author as publisher arena to grow. So we kind of work in this arena where the we set our authors up as independent publishers. Now, 
the problem with DIY and this independent publishing world is when you post your book to Amazon, it, Amazon's going to keep most of your money. They're going to keep 45% and they're going to charge you to print that book before they ship it out. So now you are going to make a little bit more, a lot of bit more than if you went through the traditional route. So a typical, that same typical six by nine book around 200 to 300 pages, you're going to make around three to $4, sometimes a little higher, depending on how you price your book. Mm -hmm. So you're, when Amazon sells that book yourself for for you. Now there's, if you were to buy that book yourself at cost, you're probably going to be able to buy it at cost for around three to four dollars. And then you can sell it from your website for, you know, 12, 18, whatever you want to sell it for, and you'll have a, a larger profit margin. So that's a benefit to you there. In the in that middle arena between DIY and traditional, you have this, you want to be aware because there's a lot of people out there that will say, oh yeah, I'd love to publish your book. But what you're also dealing with is you have a lot of printing companies who have looked for other resources of ways to make money and have now put out the publishing shingle and are calling themselves publishers. Yep. They are essentially publishing your book, but they're really just printing your book and they're going to make money the more books you buy. We always tell our authors, don't buy any more books than you know you've already sold because you can always buy more. There are times that if we have a speaker or someone that has a conference they're speaking at, say in Dallas, they'll call and they'll say, Kathy, I need 300 books in Dallas. What's the cheapest way I can do that? So we'll check independent publishing, I'm sorry, independent printing companies, because we could probably get them a cheaper price than what they can get on Amazon to buy mm -hmm. their book. Mm -hmm. And then we'll ship those down there for them. But you have to be careful in this middle zone because there are a lot of people out there who maybe publish their one book by themselves on Amazon and are now calling themselves a publisher. It's, it's an unregulated industry. Anybody can call themselves a publisher. One of the things that we offer is I will offer to, I'm not an attorney, but I will offer to read your contract that someone is saying, here's the contract, we'd love to publish your book. And I will give you questions that you can ask that person just to make sure that they are legitimate. One example of a, con of a contract we saw recently by a fairly high profile independent publishing company buried in the back was this little phrase that said, oh yeah, by the way, I mean, it was more legalese than this, but it was, oh yeah, by the way, if we decide that this book is great for a movie script, we can take it to a screenwriter and we can get, change it to a, a movie and you don't get any money. Yeah, if I said the name, if I said the name, you would recognize it. Wow. So it you have to be really careful. Make sure that if you are presented a contract, that you take it to a lawyer and have an attorney read it because there's just, unfortunately right now there's more buyer be aware companies out there to be careful of. There are a lot of industry watchdogs out there also. So you you know we have probably a half dozen or so websites that I could give you links to that would say go check this list this person type in their name and see what it says about them or see what it says about that company so it's it's very much be careful yeah you know that 
as you're referring to it, the buyer beware publishing, you know, I just, I've always referred to it as the pay to publish. Right. Uh, for, for the buyer beware publishing, I, I had an, a, an associate, another speaker, another coach mm-hmm. who bragged. This was like, hmm, probably 10 years ago, probably right after that, that, that version of publishing started really coming to fruition. And all he kept talking about was this publishing contract he had, his publishing contract he had. And when I went into the office, he had stacks and stacks and stacks of boxes. And I'm like, what are all these boxes? And he goes, oh, they're my books. And I go, like, you have 10, 15,000 books here. He goes, no, I have 20. And I, and I said, do you have 20,000 books here? And he goes, yeah, that, that was part of the contract. And I go, so you didn't get paid to publish. They, you paid them to publish. And he goes, oh, well, that's minor technicality. They're going to make me a, a bestseller. <clears throat> well, they never did. He never became a bestseller. Um, he started giving, and they were hardback. So they were a little pricier, right? So... Especially if they're in color. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, it was, it, I, I don't remember exactly what he was out the door with, but I think it was like eight or 10 bucks a book. Yeah. It was, it was scary. Mm -hmm. However, there was a clause in his contract that he didn't understand. And that clause was if he didn't fulfill the contract of a 25,000 book minimum in a year, then he owed them a hundred thousand dollars. Didn't matter. Holy cow. Holy and it, cow. And it didn't matter uh, if it was if he sold 24,999 and missed it by one, he still mm. owed them a hundred k So what he did was he bought 20,000 to be safe and figured they're gonna make me a bestseller. 5,000's easy, I can sell 20,000 in a year. Well, like he sold like maybe three or 4,000 in a year and then ended up having to give the others away. However, a year later, he got an invoice for 100,000. Oh. And he lost because he fought it. Yeah. Yeah, so he was like, I don't know, probably 80 to 100 grand into them already. And then had to pay another hundred thousand. It would have been that hurts. Yeah, Yeah, it does. It does. And and, you know, Kathy's really, really giving you guys a great piece of advice. One, if you don't have a book, get one. You 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 want something to help you be seen, be heard, be found. You want something left behind to to leave behind your credibility, so that so that. When, when people might not remember who you are, they might not remember your face, they have your message. And the more, they're, they're more likely to read that than not. And you're, you have the opportunity to build rapport, build a relationship with them that you never even knew you were building because you were sitting there talking with them and you didn't even know it. So it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter who you are. We all have a message. We all have something to say. We are all an expert in something. Allow yourself to posture that way. And then depending on the version of publishing that you choose to do, 
always have your contract reviewed because I'm telling you, I've seen more people get hurt than not. Uh, I had a really good friend of mine have a very successful program that she converted into a book mm -hmm. to market the program more, to give the program more visibility so that people right. then seek her out. And she, she actually got a publishing contract with a very large publishing house and didn't realize that they then owned the rights to the program. I've seen that. And it's a very high, there is a very high profile publishing house that if you don't read the fine print, they own it. Like you said, if they, if you don't reach a minimum of sales mm -hmm. and then after two years, you get a chance to buy it back. Mm -hmm. You get to buy your rights back. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's two things that we tell our authors all the time. The first one is we're not going to plan your retirement around the sale of your book. Your book is a marketing tool for a much bigger program that you're offering. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is there, it's not about how well your book sells. It's how well your book sells you. Yeah. It's, you know, if, if someone is expecting to create a retirement fund around the sale of their book and just <laughs> sit back and watch it, and, you know, it's like build it and they will come. It doesn't happen that way, unfortunately. You know, a lot of a lot of things I hear, you know, I work with um, a lot of content providers, a lot of coaches, a lot of industry experts. And and I hear frequently I want to become a New York Times bestseller. And what a lot of people don't realize is people pay to be on that list. Mm -hmm. I mean, exorbitant amounts of money and you know, do you want to, do you want to be famous or do you want to be rich? And that's really what, what people get to distinguish, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. If you want to be an Amazon bestseller, we can make that happen. If you want to be a New York times bestseller, there's a woman up in the Seattle area I can introduce you to. Um, she, you know, represents people like Canfield and Brian Tracy and Deepak Chopra. I can get you on her list and she can get you on the today show and walk you through the steps. Uh, we've had one, probably three clients over the last 10 years who have wanted to be introduced to her. I've yet to see either of them on the Today Show yet, but it, you're right, it, they're gonna pay anywhere from 60 to $100,000 just to hire her to make that happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what piece of advice do you have to give someone now that they've heard you and said, yeah, maybe I should write a book. So what advice do you have to give them? The first thing I always ask someone is, imagine that book's already in your hand. What do you want to happen next? Mm -hmm. And some people say, well, I want to sit back and watch the income come in. We have that conversation. <laughs> others, others will say, I want to use it to share my message, uh, which is great because I, I believe wisdom not shared is wisdom lost forever. As you yeah. said earlier, we each have, we've been through our mess and that now becomes our message. Yeah. And if you're in that second category, then there's a lot more that you can do and a lot more that you can expect. And we'll have that conversation with you as to how to make that happen. Nice. So let's talk about the exciting stuff, Kathy, because this is, this other than I wholeheartedly believe that what you do is necessary. And I wholeheartedly believe that you get to do so much more and touch so many more people. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to talk about your journey in success, right? Because mm -hmm. 
because it's you are a force to be reckoned with. I mean, you are just unstoppable. So let's talk about what what creating your business has looked like. I mean, so many people think, oh, starting a business is easy or starting a business is hard or I think I can do this or I can't do this. Reality is success is simple, right? It's simple. <laughs> Once you know the formula. Once you know the formula. Right. Yeah. I didn't say easy. I said yeah. simple. Mm-hmm. Success is simple because as long as you do what you get to do, and that is, as you put it, the formula, things fall into place. Like people come up to me all the time and they go, I want your life. And I'm like, great. I have eight coaches. I surround myself with successful people. I'm in two different masterminds and I take about $100,000 a year in trainings. I invest an insane amount of money in myself. Mm -hmm. Reality is I invest 30% back into myself every year and it pays me back tenfold. So for me, that's the formula. I cover every blind spot. I work with coaches to up-level myself so that I can make a bigger impact and help even more people. So what's your formula for success? So probably the first 15 years of having worked for myself, I was in a a swimming cesspool, had no clue what I was doing. Mm. Um, You know, I have to honestly say, I I was at a spot where it's like, I was ready to go work at Home Depot, whatever showed up, you know, just to be around happy people, happy campers. That was my goal. And, you know, honestly, I got introduced to you and your program, and this is not a sales pitch. You didn't ask me for a sales pitch here at all. But what I learned was my belief plus my actions gave me my results. And the acronym for that is B-A-R. I had to learn to raise my own bar. And when the light bulb went off, I realized I could use those tools that I was learning to bring myself back to center, bring myself back to the belief and remind myself, what were my goals? What was my intention? Where did I want to go? And how was I going to get there? And once I created action steps for myself, I had to get my head straight first, then create action steps for myself. I started to see the results that I was looking for. I had to claim what I wanted and then decide to go for it. And what else was I going to lose? You know, I already, (laughs) I already knew what it was like in the cesspool. It wasn't, you know, it was surviving and it was uh, okay, but I wanted to move beyond surviving. I, I wanted to prove to myself that the same hopes that I had in high school and college you know, fast forward 40 years in my mid sixties that I was still able to do that. And I still had those dreams and I still had the energy and the gumption to try it. Like, why not? Let's try this. And that's what, that's what I did. Yeah. I absolutely love that. So what's it like to, as you put it, raise your bar and then see everything around you shift And then all of a sudden, 
you wake up and have a, I'll say in air quotes, a real business, mm-hmm. right? Because now you've got to show up, you've got to perform, mm-hmm. you've got to be better and different because the there's a huge difference between creating a job and working it for yourself mm-hmm. and building a business that works so that you can work on it instead of in it. And that's, that's where we are now. So there, there was a brief moment of panic of, <laughs> oh shit, what have I done now? What am I going to do with this? Right. Um, but that's, as you said, you surround yourself with people that know a heck of a lot more than I do about what I needed to be doing. And I, I was just, I got honest with myself and I got honest with him. I said, hey, I have no clue. What am I supposed to be doing next? And how do I get that set up? And I, I make mistakes. I still make mistakes every day and learning to trust what i what i've also noticed is that just when you think you're smoothly sailing along the universe will plop someone down uh perhaps a new client that may or may not necessarily be a good fit but foot excuse me good fit but they're there to help me learn another lesson Mm -hmm. and and i love it when all at once you get three of those that are very similar and you're going okay what is this lesson that I'm supposed to be learning from these three people? Because this is too ironic that they've all shown up at the same time. Oh, wow. And and more than likely it is, you know, just something that I hadn't really noticed that I needed to learn a lot more about at that moment in time. You know, one thing I, that, that, that's a phenomenal point. And, and I kind of want to rewind it a little bit and, and pick up a few things that, that were kind of sprinkled into that. So, you know, it's no secret that I train a lot of entrepreneurs and independent sales professionals and business owners, mm-hmm. and I also coach. So I have two facets of my business. Mm-hmm. And in both arenas, I hear all the time, well, this customer wants me to do this. Maybe I should change. This customer wants me to do this. Maybe I should change. Or you know, my, I've had people ask me, why don't I do this? Or why don't I add this? Or why, why, why don't I remove this? And mm-hmm. it's like, for one, whose damn business is this? Right? Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two, when did someone else become the expert of what it is you're doing? Mm-hmm. So when you have a vision, when you have a plan, when you have forecasts, when you have goals, then you have understandings of what you get to do, what you need to do, what you should be doing, right? When people come in, we'll just call them mirror clients. Mm -hmm. Some people refer to them as difficult client clients, complicated clients. Some people refer to them as PETAs, right? Right. I, I when I owned a printing company, mm-hmm. um, a, a lot of printers have what's known as a PETA button, and if if someone's a PETA, they keep pushing the button, and that just they do that in banking too. Yep, you get a little number or a letter beside your name. Yeah, <laughs> and and is it more expensive to bank with them? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. great. Yeah. great, keep that in mind, people. Avoid being a yeah. PETA. Yeah. So. Um, So these people, they're not complicated clients. They're not PETAs. All they are are mirrors for us because Mm -hmm. we're incapable of seeing anything in anyone that doesn't exist within us. Mm -hmm. If you have a plan 
if you have a forecast, if you have a budget, if you're working that plan, and then all of a sudden these mirrors start cropping up, this is never about them and always about you. And Kathy's point about stepping back and going, oh, this is interesting. It's a really good posture to take because so many people focus on that client, that they're a bitch or that they're a pain in the butt or fill in the blank, whatever, mm-hmm. really has nothing to do with them, really has nothing to do with the structure of your business and everything to do with you. And if you're willing, going back to that other scenario where people are saying, maybe you should do this, maybe you should do that. If you're constantly scrolling or Scooby-Dooing every time someone gives you armchair coaching advice, Mm -hmm. then you don't have a business. You don't even have a job. Mm -hmm. You are nothing more than a slave and a contractor to whatever need, want, and desire exists to the world. And it's really hard to scale that way. Yeah. And you would, you would have thought that you and I had talked about this earlier, but that was exactly what happened. You know, I, I, uh, I adjusted a program that we have to fit the needs of what the client wanted and learn my lesson. I, I, it, it didn't work. It, she was not happy. I was not happy. And I learned my lesson. Uh, I'm the expert in that particular arena. And just because they thought it needed to change, um, like I said, I learned my lesson. We won't do that again. (laughs) (laughs) I I think we've all had a few of those clients. (laughs) And and, and reality is, it's a beautiful gift to give to ourselves as long as we choose to learn from it, right? And for me, I, I have to put it in that perspective. I mean, uh, there are many times where I would have beat myself up. Not that I didn't have my moments during the last six months when this was these mirrors kept showing up. But it, it's all about that mindset and going back to wait, wait a minute, who is the expert here? Who does know what they are talking about? And it was just an opportunity for me to gain more confidence that no, my way in this particular instance, the way we set up this program is much better than these alternatives that these people keep suggesting. Yeah. Fantastic. So 2023, what's to come for Davis Creative? Oh gosh, we, well, we doubled our staff last year uh, to accommodate all the new incoming work. A lot of what we do one of the big programs that really took off last year was we'll do collaborative books on a topic and an anthology where you may have 30 to 40 authors that someone can sponsor that book, pick the, we help them pick the topic and the title and the subtitle because we have what I call our secret sauce. We know what works. We know Mm -hmm. what sells. Mm -hmm. And so those have already started coming in for next year. And so we're geared up. We've got the team on staff ready to, to help pull those together. And it, it does it. It's a six month program, yeah. um, but it creates a huge buzz. We're also looking at creating, um, this has been in the works for three or four years and we just have not had the staff, but now we do to be able to pull this off to where we, we have a lot of people saying, well, do you just have instruction sheets? You know, they may not be able to 
meet the price point that we have, even at our, our least expensive program. And they're not really looking to make a career or build a business around their book. They just want to experience what it's like to say they're a published author. And so we're putting together a series of how-tos, how to, how to DIY yourself. And nice. that'll be a, a download that they can buy. Nice. So that's on score for next year. Phenomenal. So what piece of advice can you give to a business owner who's either just starting out or has been has has had a business for years and hasn't achieved levels of success that they need or want? Could be the same advice, could be separate advices, mm-hmm. because it's different scenarios. I think there needs to be a willingness to think outside of the box and a willingness, a willingness to say, I don't know all the answers. Who can I pull within my circle and start having conversations with? And even if you don't know people, what I learned is start asking, who do you know that does this? Or who do you know that does that? And if you really want to have your business grow, it's about asking and pulling in the right people. I see so many of our clients who talk about wanting their business to grow, but then they really don't. They don't go through the actions to get there. And it's it's creating that goal and then the action steps to get there. Nice, nice. You know, Kathy, I truly wholeheartedly appreciate your time for coming on the show. I know how, I'll say in air quotes, busy you are. This, this is the time of year that that everyone's pushing to get everything out, right? So if our listeners want to find you, follow you, reach out to you, connect with you, how can they? A lot of people are now using linktree.com. And if you're familiar with linktree, you can find me under Kathy L, middle initial L Davis. There, if you connect with that, there are several free downloads, one especially that talks about the three different levels of printing that you mentioned, mm-hmm. or three different levels of publishing from DIY to traditional. There's mm-hmm. a free download there that explains that, as well as my contact information through LinkedIn and other social media, as well as our website. Phenomenal. Thank you so much. Hey, listeners, your success is important to me. It's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you and for you. I'd love for you to do three things right now. First, I'd love for you to hop over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. Let's hop over to Facebook, join our Sell Without Selling community. Look, since you already have your phone in your hand, hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Hop over to Instagram, follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Last and definitely not least, I'd love to get your feedback on episodes to find out any topics that you're interested in that could help make this show more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success that you've always dreamed of, desired, and know you deserve. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. And always remember this, choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so you can get on your way so that you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you soon. 
Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.